Support for Tag's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. When was the last time you could see behind the bushes? Get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code TAGS, T-A-G-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code TAGS, T-A-G-S. Trim your junk with Manscaped. What is going on? This is Steve V, your host. On today's show of Sex with Stevie that was recorded live Thursday, September 10th, you'll be hearing in just a second my interview conversation with Miles Lewis, who is going to be talking to us the importance of LGBTQ candidates and why it's so important to get out and vote and kind of break it down for us as we all know voting and being aware and of getting more LGBTQ elected officials into office only helps our our lifestyle and continues and we have more work to do. Miles is going to talk all about that. Plus a little bit later co-host Cody is calling in and we are going to continue our conversation that we had from Tags Live about open relationships and break into a little bit of thruple talk. Just a quick note, we are back with Tag's podcast dropping with my two co-hosts, Jeremy Ross Lopez and Lincoln beginning next Tuesday. Stay tuned for that. Here is my conversation though with Miles Lewis. Miles Lewis, how are you? I'm doing fine. I mean, it's a little difficult out here in LA because as you know, we have fires across California. I'm sure you're talking to your family about that. And, uh, well, you know, it's interesting, or not really interesting, just shocking, in talking to my sister who lives in Oakland, California, Northern California, mm-hmm. and we've been doing play-by-play updates about that orange hue that is right. casted over San Francisco and the Bay Area, and I have to admit it looks really beautiful, but when you know why, <laughs> it does. It looks gorgeous, but when you know the reason and why it's happening, it's not, it's sad, yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, and I just hope. Well, that once, yeah, once you smell it and feel it, it, uh, it loses some of its beauty. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, you reach out to me uh, uh, to talk a little bit about something that we don't normally talk so much about, or we not so much. I, I'm a truth be known, a political junkie, and watch politics like all day long and different sources and obsessed but we've gotten in trouble at times with some of our listeners for talking about that because people want to hear about sex but you brought up a very important point and why you're on the show today is that obviously we're in a huge political year and with all your work with um the the victory fund and as i mentioned earlier uh you work with run for something you're trying to get the vote out. I think my first question to you is, you know, when did you become so political? Because I know you're not that old. And yeah. part B of that question is, is it a myth that young gays people are not as politically involved as the youth of, say, earlier other generations of the 60s? Well, I think this is a critical point because I do think that there's a, a difference in intention and attention. So I think for a lot of gay men, well, you know, I know most of the audience is gay men, so speaking specifically for that, over maybe 35, 40, definitely 50 or 60, 
Um, they were dealing with the AIDS crisis, dealing with you know the gay marriage uh, sort of embattlement that we've had over the past 25 years, and the earlier claims and initiatives for sexual liberation in the 70s, right, previous to AIDS and, and continuing past it. And just being recognized in the workplace, um, you know, not being fired from from, uh, from government jobs or from private work. But I think the difference now is that there's a lot of discussion about, you know, gender identity, the extension into trans rights, which has not always been, you know, easily settled next to, to gay rights um, on both sides. There's been some conflict. And um, it's become more global as well. So not just getting ours here in the United States, you know, like we may discuss, you know, in, um, in this little segment, around the world, there are still serious issues for gay men and, you know, for the rest of the, the LGBTQ world. Uh, you know, people can be killed, people can be jailed, people are seriously censored. Um, gay life is, you know, very rigorously censored in a lot of parts of the world, including Europe. And um, so sort of turning our eyes outward a little bit beyond, you know, beyond our shores, not just thinking about gay rights in the United States, um, but also thinking about sort of expanding beyond just being able to have, you know, a satisfying sex life, being able to, um, you know, be comfortably a gay man, which I think we've uh, we've made a huge amount of progress on. But there are a lot of things sort of around the edges and really substantially beyond just these first things that we've accomplished that, um, that we should turn our attention to. And I think that our generation, uh, younger people, I think have a, a special eye for that. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons that we'll get into uh, people that in the LGBTQ arena that are up for are running for election and we'll get into some of the stats because I, I found that really interesting as well. But, you know, one of the things that I, I think sometimes goes unnoticed, particularly in this administration, is all the different legislations that have been overturned under the Trump administration that oftentimes gets overshadowed. Yes, we know that, you know, recently in the Supreme Court, um, you know, you can no longer discriminate against LGBTQ, and I think that was a huge feat that we should be celebrating. It's, but, it's very specific. Uh, it's, it's important to remember that that's pretty specific. That, right, uh, and that's what we, I wanna, want to, that's what yeah. I'm saying, and that's what my yeah. next question is, is I was wondering, because when we're celebrating things like that and the headlines that so many of us only see, there's a lot of things in this administration that have been overturned, and I'm just wondering if you could tap into them, including the, the underlying things of what was just happened in the Supreme Court that many people may not know that could still affect people in the workforce. Sure. So there was a Supreme Court decision. Um, let me see if I have the title of it in front of me. Um, what was it? But um, anyway, it happened earlier this year. I think it was in June. But it was a six to three decision with two conservatives joining the liberals to um, include um, anti or to include language about sexual orientation, and gender identity in non-discrimination uh, legislation under the Civil Rights Act, which is a huge win. Um, that's actually part of what got the gay rights movement started back in the 50s and 60s. Um, you know, I don't know if you know about the Velvet Scare and Velvet Purges that happened, or the Lavender Scare, rather, that happened at that time, where during, you know, when they were trying to get communists out of government, you know, socialists, <laughs> et cetera, yeah, yeah. They, were also trying to, right, they were also trying to get gays out. 
And so up to like 11, 12,000 um, gay men and women were thrown out of government over the course of four or five decades. So that was actually one of the big, um, the big initial traumas that, uh, that got people motivated and organized. So it's really the culmination of some of the earliest sort of nationally uh, conscious gay rights efforts that, that we've had in this country. So it was a really huge win. But yeah, it's, it's super important to specify that it is specific to employment. You know, it doesn't cover housing discrimination. It doesn't cover discrimination in, you know, every other situation in which that can apply. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't cover larger sort of cultural issues, you know, around conversion therapy, the gay panic defense, which is still litigated in courts, which you can, we can describe if, um, if you're not aware of it or the audience wouldn't be aware of it. Gay curriculum laws, you know, like there's a lot of anti-gay, anti-sex curriculum laws for elementary, middle, and high schools around the country that are really enshrined in state law. So it's really non-comprehensive, but it is a big win in the scope of what we've tried to do. And what would be the uh, things so, that may have been overturned in this administration that a lot of people wouldn't know? If you could just give us a so it often, it, it often, so... When it comes to overturning, it had more to do with overturning certain um, advisories that came into play during Obama's tenure. So, including, you know, through executive order, including trans people. Under I was going to say bathroom healthcare mandate. Right. Yeah, the bathroom, you know, bathroom guidance um, under the the educational administration or the um, the Department of Education. Uh, you know, coming in on the side of discrimination when it comes to court cases, like really just in the past two weeks. So I think two days ago, the Trump administration filed a 36-page brief with the Indiana Supreme Court to support a school's right to fire a teacher for being gay. So it's not so much that they're creating laws that are going on the books that are taking people down, um, it's or taking gay people down a notch. It's that they are constantly coming in on the side. You know, they're kind of playing offense where they can and playing defense where they can when it comes up in the courts or when it's a matter of executive action. So we're in the fortunate position that we don't have, you know, you know, not everybody is this way. Like something that I, I wanted to, you know, that I probably noted in the email that I sent you is that part of why the, the Trump administration and a good number of conservatives around the country really um, are trying to say that they're not anti-gay or that they're pro-gay <laughs> yeah, it's because they know that a majority of the American public, including a lot of people who vote as Republicans, are OK with gay people. Like they really don't have a problem with gay people uh, in terms of rights, in terms of privileges. They're, they're OK with it. But there's a specific minority, kind of a, a conservative religious minority that is constantly pushing, constantly pushing. And it's still a part of the Republican Party platform to oppose gay marriage. They would like to dissolve it if they could. So they're kind of playing a game. Well, the American public is on the side of the gays, <laughs> but there's, you know, including including conservatives, but conservative politicians and conservative policy platforms are still doing whatever they can around the edges in order to make it hard for us to do the total protections that we would want to do and also to unravel, like you were saying, some of the protections that were put in as suggestions, as amicus briefs in court proceedings, um, stuff like that. So I think that's most of what Trump has done over the past three, three and a half years. Well, one of the things you work closely with is the it's, it's the Victory Institute, correct? Well, let, let me let me let me correct that. So 
I think I encourage everybody to check out the Victory Institute and Victory Fund for inspiration, but I don't actually work with them. Correct. I, yeah. work, with, I work with Run for Something. That's the, the group. Uh, and we have a lot of candidates who are Victory Fund candidates because they're, they're queer candidates. But uh, just to correct, give you a correction there. Right. And I guess just to um, be clear on that is one of the ways that in an election year, other than the presidential election, is there's a lot of LGBTQ people running for office that can help change a lot of the things that we've been talking about here. That the little things, the more visibility, I think is what you're saying, that we have in office, in various offices, is, is that we can make changes and these little things that slide under the cracks won't happen as much. And the victory, Institute, which you just said you don't work for them, but you align yourself with. Um, one of the two things that struck me was uh, in the last year, they did a kind of a, from 2019 to now, is 40, there was a 40% increase in trans women elected, which I thought was like pretty outstanding uh, mm -hmm. when I read that number. And 843 known LGBTQ elected um, was the overall, and 50 per th there was a 53% increase in bisexual. I point those out, trans and bi, because those are sometimes um, in our, you know, we call ourselves gay sex podcasts, but those are oftentimes not given a lot of attention, and I think we should give a little bit more to that. Um, what would be some of the things that we should pay attention to in this, either people in various states that are running in the LGBTQ arena that we should be looking out for to, you know, because sure. I think so many of us are going to just be voting and we're going to be voting, you know, hopefully not for Trump, but we're not looking at the other things that we could be voting for. So what's some things you can point out to us? Sure. Well, let me let me just quickly complete that idea about federal government. So everybody here has a, or you know, of course you have people outside of the U.S. But for all your U.S. listeners, um, for your congressperson, for your senator, reach out to them and ask them to support the Equality Act, which is um, House Bill Five. Um, it passed the House last year, and you can find all the details on it. But that is the most comprehensive pro-gay legislation that would ever have been passed. I think by any country. But by definitely, you know, the U.S. and it covers almost everything that we are fighting for. Say that again. The other, it is called the Equality Act. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So check that out. And then the Globe Act, which was put forward by Ed Markey, the senator, and I forget who the the congressman was. But this puts forward the U.S. as a leader on gay rights diplomatically, fighting for the de um, decriminalization of. LGBTQ people all around the world. So that would be a mandate for what we do as a diplomatic state, um, as a, you know, a civil rights and freedom and justice and equality interested country. <laughs> and so when we're writing to our senator, say for the first one you mentioned, the Equality Act, which yeah. is working on things uh, like house discrimination, discrimination in most situations you write, um, adoption, with an eye towards foster care, you wrote to me, um, conversion therapy, anti-gay curriculum laws. What are we really writing to them and saying? You're saying, um, I please support the Equality Act, um, you know, 
I am, I'm a, again, imagine most of your listeners here are gay. Yes. I'm a gay man who lives in, who's one of your constituents. Please put your name down for the Equality Act. Please fight for it as hard as you can. I'm on your side. Know that I'm there. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. Just, that really matters. That really matters. Uh, you know, the more, I'm, the more visibility. The more, yeah. And, yeah. And hopefully you have people who've already voted. Hopefully you have representation who've already voted. But that and the Globe Act, which I think is less talked about, but I think it's super important because while we care about, you know, getting rid of conversion therapy here and making schools, you know, friendlier for gay kids, there are parts of the world where people are being round up and killed. Right, or, you're right. Seventy um, countries, as yeah. we, I've, I know this, but it's worth mentioning again. Seventy countries criminalize safe-sex sexual relations, if we can still believe that. More than a third of UN member states in the UN here that criminalize consenting adult same-sex sex, um, and in up to in up to ten countries punishable in some by death, uh, anti-LGBTQ propaganda laws in three countries. So these are things worth mentioning in that we should also be considering in the other thing you mentioned, the Global Act, that we could also be writing to our local senators, correct? Yeah, so that would be um, your congressperson and your senator. So find who they are, write to, you know, just send them an email about this, and that's, that's all you got to do right now. And, you know, say if this comes to the floor again, and it becomes kind of a battle, um, you know, say, count on me as somebody that you can reach out to as one of your gay constituents. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff can be, can be helpful. So simple, simple thing to do. But, so moving on from that, from the large federal pieces of legislation, I think you were asking about um, uh, the, the candidates that are running? Or Yeah, is there any specific candidates that might sure. be running that you might want to profile real quick? Yeah, yeah, um, sure thing. So uh, five candidates, and then I'll explain a little bit why I think gay representation matters so much. Um, you know, not just having allies. Well, we know that, that, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jabari Brisport, um, you may have heard of him. So he ran for New York Senate in uh, Brooklyn and is likely to go. He won his primary. So I think that he is, so he's, he's gay or uh, queer, black. Um, he's a democratic socialist. He has a lot of interesting things on his platform. He's very focused on housing. He's a public school teacher. Um, and something that you find about a lot of queer candidates, apart from you caring about queer and LGBTQ issues, is that they often think about things differently, or they, they add other things to their platforms that most people don't. So he's a huge animal rights advocate. Um, and he has this very comprehensive platform, how uh, New York State can help to support its dying dairy industry by switching over to, you know, plant-based milks, um, subsidizing that, and it all has a positive environmental benefit, but helping a dying industry by transitioning into the future. So he's one candidate. There's Jessica Benham, Benham who's running for Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania State Representative, and she's, um, she's autistic in addition to being, um, I believe she's a lesbian or she's on the queer spectrum. And she actually runs an organization uh, or is part of the management of an organization called the Pittsburgh Center for Autistic Advocacy. And so they're super focused on how uh, autistic people and all their specific gifts, you know, it's, it's recognized as a dysfunction or a disorder, but there are all these gifts that go along with autism um, that should really be lifted up. You know, people with autism can 
are part of the workplace, they're part of families, they're part of society broadly. And so she's working on that line of advocacy too. Um, and I think there's just this out-of-the-box thinking that I think a lot of queer people have that's super important for all kinds of human rights. Taylor Small um, is a transgender woman who's running for Ver- Vermont State Rep representative. She's likely to get it. I think she won her primary. And she uh, works at the Pride Center of Vermont. So she's a part of sort of LGBTQ service programs. And there are a lot of people who are, you know, who spent years in the Pride Center, <laughs> yes. you know, working, building their communities, who are now running to make legislation for their states or um, craft policy for their cities. Yeah. I only have a few minutes with you, but I want, if you can send me a list, we will post the list of people to look out for across the country on tagspodcast.com, and I, because I think sure. it's really important. We have listeners all over the country, and I think it's really important, including how we should write to our senators. Um, real quick, though, I know you do a lot of work uh, environmentally, which I think is really good, and I have my straw here, if you're watching Facebook Live, <laughs> which uh-huh. is non-paper. <laughs> and um, real quick, just tell us, how did you get into environmental concerns and, politi- and politics at such a young age? Um, well, I was kind of freaked out by the Trump election. I came from a pretty non-political family, uh, fairly Republican, fairly libertarian, uh, and a great family. Um, so I, I grew up well and I had no issues with that, but uh, I realized that this was, you know, perhaps our biggest challenge and one that undergirds a lot of other things. You know, when I think about environmental, environmental rights, I also think about, um, you know, the rights of bodies um, and the rights of for sexuality, right? I think of living in a society that recognizes the natural world for what it is, including ourselves as bodies and animals with, you know, sexuality and agency (laughs) and vulnerability. Um, So I'd already had that sensitivity. You know, I already thought a lot about the natural world um, and how how important these things are and how we get out, we get in our way about just enjoying being, uh, living beings. So that was already a part of the sensitivity and just realizing that they're very pressing, you know, when it comes to climate change or plastic pollution or, or species extinction and things like this. And so it all kind of came together for me as, um, as something that I want to, you know, this is the world that I want to live in and the world that I want to advocate for. And um, as an artist and also as, a, as a, a gay man, I think that I have maybe some special insights on how I can help the larger environmental movement be successful. So it seems, um, it seems very reasonable and practical for me to pursue as well. And we should um, talk real briefly about your art. You can follow, I put it on the, your tag right there, Miles Lewis Art on Instagram, and of course, MilesLewisStudio.com. Your, your art is really evocative and powerful and sexy and I'm just going through a lot of your images and I it's really awesome I love um, have you gotten more into your art in this pandemic period or is this just the same for you nothing's really changed (laughs) well it's a little bit of both Um, I uh, yeah I'm sort of I'm the kind of artist who just continuously produces things you know drawing and paintings I'm always making drawings and paintings but um, the pandemic allowed me to 
work on a couple of projects that I'm sort of deep in now. Uh, one is a book about a kid um, sort of who changes society into a zero-waste society. Um, so like a little sort of fantasy environmental um, piece of poetry with images. And then, uh, hmm, outside of that, that's kind of a big one. And then there's some public art projects. So luckily, there's some murals that have come in that are environmentally themed that I'm working on now. Uh, none of which is on my Instagram just yet, but if you do follow me, you'll be able to see some of what it is. And, and it's a difficult thing, probably for you too, Steve, anybody who's creative, to find that bridge between your political and social passions and sort of just your joyful creativity. Um, you know, it takes a while to figure out the, uh, the right pacing for that. So that art feels purposeful and that, <laughs> you know, just... The things that you enjoy, you know, the joy of life also um, doesn't feel too light. You kind of want to find that, that middle path that gives everything substance. Miles Lewis, I want to thank you so much. Um, send me that list of uh, people that are running for office that we should know about, and we will post it on Tag's podcast. You can follow Miles at Miles Lewis Art on Instagram. And I will list all of everywhere else you can follow him. Thank you so much for doing Sex with Stevie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and thanks, everybody, for voting. Absolutely, we will. Thank you. We'll be in contact. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Have a good night. Hey, co-host Cody. You had a story about our sponsor, uh, Manscaped. And the, and the first time you tried to shave your ass, can you just tell us what, what went wrong? <laughs> yeah, it was a mess um <laughs> so i remember shaving my butt for the very first time and it i just broke out all over the place and it was just like painful to sit back there i got so uh self-conscious um and it just wasn't a good experience and i find that using the manscape is better for me because it's the perfect length to avoid like ingrown hairs and unsightly breakouts and things of that nature. And then on top of that, the crop preserve ball deodorant that we use yeah. is, uh, has a wonderful cooling effect. It smells amazing and has an anti-chafing effect to it. So it's a uh, trifecta right there. It's amazing. Cody, of course, is talking about the Lawnmower 3.0 by Manscaped. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released this new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 that I just spoke of. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Manscaped obsesses over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Plus, Cody was talking about the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant with Active pH Control. I put this thing on the minute I get out of the shower. It smells so good, keeps my balls nice and cool the rest of the day. I love this stuff. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code TAGS, T-A-G-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com 
Use code TAGS, T-A-G-S, trim your junk with Manscaped. Last night on Tags Live, we were talking about open relationships based on an article that we started to read about in Instinct Magazine. And just for people that didn't watch last night, the article was entitled, Many Gay Couples Are Having Their Cakes and Eating Them Too. Essentially, uh, the times when you go on Scruff Grinder, you're seeing couples looking for a third, and we were kind of breaking all that down. That episode is coming out on Monday, so you can listen to more of what we were talking about. But we thought it would be interesting because there was so much to talk about open relationships. And I think my first thing I wanted to point out in open relationships was the notion, Cody, of thruples, which that truly in some mindset might be having your cakes and eating it too because and I couldn't I couldn't help but thinking all the examples and it's not really open relationships when you're in a thruple I know I'm kind of deviating yeah. a little bit but I thought yeah. there's some room here to kind of talk about that um, and then we'll get into traditional just open relationships um, but there's been a lot of examples that I've seen we had a guy on a show that has a web series called, the, or not web series, it's on a streaming platform called The Third, and it's really good. And Ooh. you should watch that. It's called The Third. Um, okay. You are a big RuPaul Drag Race fan, and currently Derek Barry, who seems to be popping up all over, over the place, is in a thruple <laughs> himself. Um, and then there's an author that I had on the show, David P. Wickman, who wrote a book, and I'm showing you right now, called Every Grain of Sand, who this book, by the way, is riveting about, it's really a memoir of his life on addiction and really, it's kind of a spiritual journey. It's really riveting, and I highly recommend it. And I actually asked David real quick before we got on on air here to ask, like, what was your what's been your experience in a thruple mm -hmm. and being open? And he said we were open. I'm quoting him. We were okay. we were open, and we played together a lot. And at play parties, the three of them, we encouraged each other's slutty behaviors. He writes. We often, mm -hmm. we often had others and the three of us played in tandem. It was epic and still is, he says sometimes. And they've been in mm -hmm. a long-term throuple relationship. Uh, David P. Wickman, Every Grain of Sand. Um, yeah, what do you think of, before we get into open relationships, the notion of being in a throuple, Cody? Well, yeah, um, the saying more money, more problems kind of comes to mind. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to, <laughs> to thruples, because it's like more partners, more problems is, is kind of what I equate it to. Because I don't know, for me, it's hard enough to like relate to somebody to make sure that I'm involved with somebody, paying enough attention to somebody with, with just one partner. But I can't imagine having to navigate having two partners at the same time. So, but you brought up um, what I thought, um, what I thought about immediately when you bring the question you pose the question was Derek Barry and his two partners and they seem to be working working it out just fine so again if you can do it more power to you me personally I don't know I can't I'm not a good multitasker I guess <laughs> yeah um 
You know, in that, not to give any way of the third, and uh, that, how that worked out, and I hope they have a season two, but it gets mm -hmm. dramatic in there. Uh, in some ways, right, you know, you and I talk often times about the difficulty of just finding one person, but sometimes I think it could be nice just because you could go with one person at times and, and I think we have this notion that they're always like sleeping together and they're always this. I think they are all individuals in the end yeah. and doing their own thing. It's just that they all feel a, that thing you feel when you are in love with somebody and you connect yeah. with somebody. And I think that's what gets lost a little bit about a lot of this and to bring it back to just open relationships in general on our conversation yesterday that you were a lot more I think I was a little bit more critical about mm -hmm. the idea of open relationships on how they can just go wrong and what what is it that you're missing from your partner but I mm -hmm. think you can have a deeper mental connection and a soulful connection with somebody and and us gays have done a really good job of separating that sex can just be sex but to have a deep connection with somebody is totally special and different and it's based upon the fact that our history has shown us that we didn't have a lot of great examples and we had to look yeah. for love in all the wrong places or maybe the right places and mm -hmm. you know I'm not mad at it, and I think that when it's a natural thing that often happens within our community, and I think it has nothing to do with the love that may be the solid base of that relationship on why they first got together in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Um, uh, I look at that, like, I can see where it stemmed from. It's like a big... F you basically to heteronormative monogamous relationships. So I, I get it from that standpoint, but at a certain level, you have to like look within and say, is this something that I'm really comfortable with? Is something, is this something that I am? Cause it, it goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. Like, am I just doing this to conform to, because this is the way gay culture is telling me I have to be as opposed to, straight culture so it just it's just all about personal preference it's, it's what it boils down to for me i agree i totally agree and did you love how i brought it, derek barry in the, in the <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so much <laughs> a little light came on inside of me thank you so much <laughs> i am living for the new reality show on friday nights by the way of them in vegas with their their show. I think it's really, yeah, yeah I'm loving it. I, um, wonder, I wonder if Derek Barry and his husband, how many bedrooms are actually in that house? Because I'm like, well, they can't all be sleeping in that, in that bed all, <laughs> all at the same time. You know they're not. <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, one of the things I was just talking about and we were talking about yesterday on fetishes, to go back to fetishes, mm -hmm. is, the, you know, they were saying one of the safer things you can do is glory holes because someone's not breathing on top of you. And we were kind of breaking it down on Tags Live last night with Renan. Mm -hmm. And I was saying as sort of a, um, you know, size queen 
that I'm kind of for the, the glory holes because if you put a big dick, someone slides a big dick in there, I don't need to necessarily know what the face is all about. <laughs> but in talking to my sister today, I was just talking about it before you got on the call, that uh -huh. she went to a bar recently that did a really good job of socially distancing and they really put up plexiglass all over the place, including like in the bar above from like the roof down and there's a room to put the drink and money, but you can talk to people, the bartender, through this kind of plexiglass type thing. And I thought, oh, what if us gays got creative and created plexiglass glory holes where you could then see the person? Would that ruin it all for me? Because not only would I see the cop, but I would see maybe, oh, it's that. <laughs> or would I be it's, it's, equally excited? I don't know. It's not just a disembodied dick. It's, it's, there's a person attached to it. There is? <laughs> And do I like the person? I would have to go through a whole mental process now on do I like the person that I'm looking at or? <laughs> I think that's hot. I'm all for it. Let's yeah? do it. Yeah. Stephen Cody's Glory Hole Plexiglass Emporium on, on deck. Let's hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm not mad at it too. I think, right? I mean, yeah. Yes. I think it could be kind of a hot thing too. And the other thing I was talking about that we didn't tap into yesterday on Tags Live in our conversation about fetishes was, have you ever experienced rope play where someone's tied you up or you tied somebody else up? It's pretty advanced. And when I say advanced is that the tire up, the person that knows the rope expert kind of has to know what they're mm -hmm. doing. And I'm like yeah. a hot mess with tools and everything, so I'm a better <laughs> tie up. But I love uh -huh. I love the feeling of being tied up, the the feeling of the rope. And if you can then find an expert that has the rigs that can hoist you up, that's even more like oh, amazing and hot. Have you ever experienced that that rope play? I have never experienced being, I haven't dated any um, Eagle Scouts, unfortunately. So I, uh, <laughs> I love but it. I, I, have, I have been handcuffed to a bed before, which Ooh. is pretty, pretty hot. Yes. And I also, I have like in the back of my mind, in my fetish, fetish bank of things that I want to try. Yeah. Um, actually being tied up like in a doorway, kind of, sort of, like with oh. like kind of like, like an X. Like yes, I know. Two arms up, yep. two legs down, basically. So yeah, that that is something I'm I'm kind of yeah, that's what I want to try too. Also, one of the things we talked about is when you get deeper into some of these fetishes is the trust factor that you have to have, and obviously I'm assuming that you trusted the person that handcuffed you and tied you up to the yeah. the doorway because yeah. that can also get very uh, scary. And, yeah, know, we were in a long-term relationship. Okay, so, there you go. Uh, it was, yeah. He's like, so, if you, you promise know, like to wash said, the dishes more and suck my cock, <laughs> I will untie you. And I'm, <laughs> so you were sucking a lot of cock, I take it. Yeah. Hey, I, I, got, I got to do what I got to do to get out the handcuffs, right? Yeah, no one's twisting your arm. <laughs> well, Cody, before we go, we want to yes. finish up a game that we started that I played with you where it's finish 
name that song based on lyrics. And we played it last time we were online here on Sex with Stevie, where I gave you three different songs and you bombed. And the time <laughs> has come for you to list some lyrics and I'm gonna see if I can name that song. Um, go. It is revenge time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, all right. So this one is, think it's time we got this straight, sit and talk face to face. There is no way you could mistake him for your man. Are you insane? Oh my God. I think it's time we got it straight. Oh. Is it like, you want me to keep going? Yes. See, I know that you may be just a bit jealous of me, but you're blind if you can't see that his love is all in me. Is this like Brandy or somebody? <laughs> I don't know. But it's Brandy and somebody else. Oh my God, it's Brandy and Monica? It's Brandy. Brandy and Monica. Oh my God, I got it. You got it. I it's cannot bad. believe I got it. <laughs> and I, t I chose that one because um, when they did their verses, I texted you and you were like, oh, I know this Monica song. And I thought it was so cute. Oh, uh, good. I'm so glad I got it. Okay, good. Phew. All right. Uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> one, one for one. One down. Yes. You, uh, all right. I'm going to go with the next one. Okay. How many nights I've laid in bed excited over you. I've closed my eyes and thought of us a hundred different ways. I've gotten there so many times. I wonder how about you? Day and night, night and day. Janet All Jackson. Yeah, I told you I set you up for success. And... <laughs> Wait. What's the name of the song? What is the name of the song? Um, day and night. Um, a hundred times from the Demita Joe album. No, it's oh. not, unfortunately. Oh, wait, I it's, worry. Tell me, it's if, if, you got Janet Jackson, yes, right? okay, yeah. yeah, all right, yeah, you got you, okay, you okay, okay, okay. <laughs> At least I'm the artist, I get half credit, right? Uh, you get a full credit because okay. you do it way, way better than I did. <laughs> all right. Are you ready for one yes. more? All right. This is a little bit more difficult, but I still think you're going to get it. Okay. All right. I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways that it wouldn't last. See, you're the kind of person that believes in making out once, love them and leave them fast. Guess I must be dumb. Had a pocket full of horses, Trojans, and some of them used. But it was Saturday night. I guess that makes it all right. And you say, what have I got to lose? Honey, I say. Oh. Is this Lettucey? No, it's not. Saida? No, oh, not Saida. Oh, darn it. it. It's one of the artists that you, that you, um, that you did for me. It's oh a little record God. by Prince. Oh, my God. Okay, shoot. Prince, yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Wow. You did great, though. All right, I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was. It's hard that was though. Fun. It's hard. It's, it's, it's more fun from my position than it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. I'll, yeah. Exactly. You've got to like brace yourself and be like, try and get into the moment. And yeah, I agree. It's it's not so fun on this end. Come up with some yeah. more fun games where it's fun on both our sides. 
<laughs> okay, okay. No, but that, I loved good. it. I loved it. Thank you, Cody. I had a great time, too. Absolutely. Thank you, darling. Have a great night, okay? You too. Well, I want to thank my guest today, Miles Lewis, for enlightening us about the political landscape ahead of us, as well as my co-host Cody, as always breaking it down for me. Uh, Stay tuned this coming Monday, September 14th, Tags Live, the show that we recorded live this past Wednesday that we were referencing, will be in your podcast feed. So if you missed it, you can hear it all and watch it as well. You can also watch it on YouTube. It's currently up there, youtube.com forward slash tags podcast. Then next Tuesday, September 15th, we are back with Tags Podcast. Myself, host Steve V, alongside Jeremy Ross Lopez and Lincoln. We are going to be breaking down the hottest gay sex topics that are coming our way. Can't wait for that. And then we are live the following day, Wednesday, September 16th, for Tags Live on the Get Vocal application. Then on Thursday, next week, September 17th, I am back with Sex with Stevie live on our Facebook page. So there you have it. Be well. Have a great weekend. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Tags Podcast. Be well. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Keep it sexy.